0: Joe here from the Modern Heathen Man. How are you guys tonight? I hope I'm meeting you well. Anyway, I wanted to tell you guys while I'm out traveling, Mm. it's not always feasible to carry my whole big altar box with me. So sometimes I like a little something in my pocket. And I found a great place to get that from. That's Odin's Beard Woodworking. Great little place out there. Makes small little pocket altars for you with candles and, um, gods and everything in him, little sayings and such, wonderful work that this man does, carves everything by hand, he has a couple things going on here, he has little pocket altars that I'm talking about for $25, he has small d-poles of 5-6 to six inches for $40, 7-8 to eight inches for $45, 9-10 for $50, and 11-12 for $60. He has 26 different deities to choose from and more coming every day. Your choices right now are Odin, Thor, Tyr, Loki, Freyr, Balder, Bragi, Heimdall, Njord, Fenrir, Ullr, Vidar, Hermod, Hel, Freya, Ostri, Skadi, Sif, Er, Frigg, Var, Thrud, Idun, Sigun, Ran, and Njord. That's a lot of different gods to choose from. So. He can meet anybody's needs. Tell him what you want. You can go ahead and find him at www.odensbeardwoodworking.com. He also has a Facebook page, and I know he does some stuff live every once in a while that you can actually watch him carve those things. Anyway, give him a good uh, look-see there and see if he has something that you can use. I guarantee his little pocket ultras will come in handy for you. So, anyway, thanks, guys. Have a great night. Bye-bye. Hey everybody, welcome back. This is Joe with The Modern Heathen Man. Um, this is my second podcast. This one's going to be a little bit longer. Today I'm to talk a little bit about a book I really enjoy called The Children of Odin. It's an older book. It's made by a person named Patrick Colum. It has some really good stories in it. I'm going to go ahead and pause a little bit through the stories sometimes and just ask some poignant questions. And I'm hoping you guys can uh, help answer them for me, as uh, these are some questions I've had for quite a while reading this book. I believe it follows pretty true to what it is that we believe in but there are some questionable pieces in there and i'll be bringing them up so let's get along with the story here and see what it has to say okay
1: section one of the children of odin this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org recording by elizabeth clett the children of odin the book of northern myths by Padraig Colum part one the dwellers in asgard chapter one far away and long ago once there was another sun and another moon a different sun and a different moon from the ones we see now saul was the name of that sun and Mani was the name of that moon. But always behind Saul and Mani, wolves went, a wolf behind each. The wolves caught on them at last, and they devoured Saul and Mani. And then the world was in darkness and cold. In those times, the gods lived. Odin and Thor, Hodur and Baldur, Tyr and Heimdall, Vidar and Vali, as well as Loki, the doer of good and the doer of evil. And the beautiful goddesses were living then, Frigga, Freya, Nanna, Iduna, and Sif. But in the days when the sun and moon were destroyed, the gods were destroyed too, all the gods, except Baldur, who had died before that time, Vidar and Vali, the sons of Odin, and Modi and Magni, the sons of Thor at that time too there were men and women in the world but before the sun and the moon were devoured and before the gods were destroyed terrible things happened in the world snow fell on the four corners of the earth and kept on falling for three seasons winds came and blew everything away and the people of the world who had lived on in spite of the snow and the cold and the winds fought each other brother killing brother until all the people were destroyed also there was another earth at that time an earth green and beautiful but the terrible winds that blew leveled down forests and hills and dwellings then fire came and burnt the earth there was darkness for the sun and the moon were devoured the gods had met with their doom and the time in which all these things happened was called ragnarok the
0: twilight of the gods. <laughs> so I'll pause there for a moment. In listening to all that, it seems as if um, Padre Colm is saying that we were made long after the actual Ragnarok. would well, like to see if you guys would do some um, commenting on that. and Get back to me on it. Tell me what you all think. That's what I get from that, but you all would know better than me. Or you can learn more than me. So get back to me on it.
1: Then a new sun and a new moon appeared, and went traveling through the heavens. They were more lovely than Saul and Mani, and no wolves followed behind them in chase. The earth became green and beautiful again, and in a deep forest that the fire had not burnt, a woman and a man wakened up. They had been hidden there by Odin, and left to sleep during Ragnarok, the twilight of the gods. Leif was the woman's name and Leithrasir was the man's. They moved through the world, and their children, and their children's children, made people for the new earth. And of the gods were left Vidar and Voli, the sons of Odin, and Modi and Magni, the sons of Thor. On the new earth Vidar and Vali found tablets that the older gods had written on, and had left there for them. Tablets telling of all that had happened before Ragnarok, the twilight of the gods. And the people who lived after Ragnarok, the twilight of the gods, were not troubled, as the people in the older days were troubled, by the terrible beings who had brought destruction upon the world, and upon men and women, and who from the beginning had waged war upon the gods. Chapter 2 The Building of the Wall Always there had been war between...
0: So that chapter one is quite interesting. In the fact that it begins to tell a story of a new world being born. The world that I believe that we live in. So it begs to question the idea that are we worshipping the correct gods? Are we even worshipping gods that can hear us anymore? So I want you guys to chime in and if you can. You guys can go ahead and make comments and I'll hear them. And I'll add them to my next podcast to go over them with everybody else.
1: Between the giants and the gods between the giants who would have destroyed the world and the race of men, and the gods who would have protected the race of men and would have made the world more beautiful. There are many stories to be told about the gods, but the first one that should be told to you is the one about the building of their city. The gods had made their way up to the top of a high mountain, and there they decided to build a great city for themselves that the giants could never overthrow. The city they would call Asgard, which means the place of the gods. They would build it on a beautiful plain that was on the top of that high mountain, and they wanted to raise round their city the highest and strongest wall that had ever been built. Now one day, when they were beginning to build their halls and their palaces, a strange being came to them. Odin, the father of the gods, went and spoke to him. "'What dost thou want on the mountain of the gods?' he asked the stranger. "'I know what is in the mind of the gods,' the stranger said. "'They would build a city here. "'I cannot build palaces, but I can build great walls that can never be overthrown. "'Let me build the wall round your city.' "'How long will it take you to build a wall that will go round our city?' said the father of the gods. "'A year, O Odin,' said the stranger.' Now Odin knew that if a great wall could be built around it, the gods would not have to spend all their time defending their city, Asgard, from the giants. And he knew that if Asgard were protected, he himself could go amongst men and teach them and help them. He thought that no payment the stranger could ask would be too much for the building of that wall. That day the stranger came to the council of the gods, and he swore that in a year he would have the great wall built. Then Odin made oath that the gods would give him what he asked in payment if the wall was finished to the last stone in a year from that day. The stranger went away and came back on the morrow. It was the first day of summer when he started work. He brought no one to help him except a great horse. Now the gods thought that this horse would do no more than drag blocks of stone for the building of the wall, but the horse did more than this. He set the stones in their places and mortared them together. And day and night and by light and dark the horse worked, and soon a great wall was rising round the palaces that the gods themselves were building. "'What reward will the stranger ask for the work he is doing for us?' the gods asked one another. Odin went to the stranger. "'We marvel at the work you and your horse are doing for us,' he said. "'No one can doubt that the great wall of Asgard will be built up by the first day of summer.' What reward do you claim? We would have it ready for you. The stranger turned from the work he was doing, leaving the great horse to pile up the blocks of stone. O father of the gods, he said, O Odin, the reward I shall ask for my work is the sun and the moon, and Freya, who watches over the flowers and grasses, for my wife. Now when Odin heard this, he was terribly angered, for the price the stranger asked for his work was beyond all prices. He went amongst the other gods, who were then building their shining palaces within the great wall, and he told them what reward the stranger had asked. The gods said, Without the sun and the moon the world will wither away, and the goddesses said, Without Freya all will be gloom in Asgard. They would have let the wall remain unbuilt rather than let the stranger have the reward he claimed for building it. But one who was in the company of the gods spoke. He was Loki, a being who only half belonged to the gods. His father was the wind-giant. "'Let the stranger build the wall around Asgard,' Loki said, "'and I will find a way to make him give up the hard bargain he has made with the gods. Go to him and tell him that the wall must be finished by the first day of summer, and that if it is not finished to the last stone on that day, the price he asks will not be given to him. The gods went to the stranger, and they told him that if the last stone was not laid on the wall on the first day of the summer, not Saul or Mani, the sun and the moon, nor Freya would be given him. And now they knew that the stranger was one of the giants. The giant and his great horse piled up the wall more quickly than before. At night, while the giant slept, the horse worked on and on, hauling up stones and laying them on the wall with his great forefeet. And day by day the wall around Asgard grew higher and higher. But the gods had no joy in seeing that great wall rising higher and higher around their palaces. The giant and his horse would finish the work by the first day of summer, and then he would take the sun and the moon, Saul and Mani, and Freya away with him. But Loki was not disturbed. He kept telling the gods that he would find a way to prevent him from finishing his work, and thus he would make the giant forfeit the terrible price he had led Odin to promise him. It was three days to time. All the wall was finished except the gateway. Over the gateway a stone was still to be placed. And the giant, before he went to sleep, bade his horse haul a great block of stone so that they might put it above the gateway in the morning and so finished the work two full days before summer. It happened to be a beautiful moonlit night. Svadilfare, the giant's great horse, was hauling the largest stone he ever hauled when he saw a pretty little mare come galloping toward him. The great horse had never seen so pretty a little mare, and he looked at her with surprise. Svadilfare, slave, said the little mare to him, and went frisking past. Svadelfare put down the stone he was hauling and called to the little mare. She came back to him. Why do you call me Svadelfare, slave, said the great horse. Because you have to work night and day for your master, said the little mare. He keeps you working, 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 and never lets you enjoy yourself. You dare not leave that stone down and come and play with me. Who told you I dare not do it? "'said Svadilfare. "'I know you daren't do it,' said the little mare, "'and she kicked up her heels "'and ran across the moonlit meadow. "'Now the truth is that Svadilfare "'was tired of working day and night. "'When he saw the little mare go galloping off, "'he became suddenly discontented. "'He left the stone he was hauling on the ground. "'He looked round, "'and he saw the little mare looking back at him. "'He galloped after her. "'He did not catch up on the little mare.' She went on swiftly before him. On she went over the moonlit meadow, turning and looking back now and again at the great Svadilfare, who came heavily after her. Down the mountainside the mare went, and Svadilfare, who now rejoiced in his liberty and in the freshness of the wind and in the smell of the flowers, still followed her. With the morning's light they came near a cave, and the little mare went into it. They went through the cave. Then Svadilfare caught up on the little mare, and the two went wandering together, the little mare telling Svadilfare stories of the dwarfs and the elves. They came to a grove, and they stayed together in it, the little mare playing so nicely with him that the great horse forgot all about time passing. And while they were in the grove, the giant was going up and down, searching for his great horse. He had come to the wall in the morning expecting to put the stone over the gateway and so finish his work but the stone that was to be lifted up was not near him he called for Svadilfare but his great horse did not come he went to search for him and he searched all down the mountainside and he searched as far across the earth as the realm of the giants but he did not find Svadilfare. The gods saw the first day of summer come, and the gateway of the wall stand unfinished. They said to each other that if it were not finished by the evening, they need not give Sol and Mani to the giant, nor the maiden Freya to be his wife. The hours of the summer day went past, and the giant did not raise the stone over the gateway. In the evening he came before them. "'Your work is not finished,' Odin said. You forced us to a hard bargain. "'and now we need not keep it with you. "'You shall not be given Saul and Mani, nor the maiden Freya. "'Only the wall I have built is so strong I would tear it down,' said the giant. "'He tried to throw down one of the palaces, "'but the gods laid hands on him "'and thrust him outside the wall he had built. "'Go, and trouble Asgard no more,' Odin commanded. "'Then Loki returned to Asgard.' He told the gods how he had transformed himself into a little mare, and had led away Svadilfare.
0: Now we all knew this was Loki. At least I hope we did
1: The giant's great horse. And the gods sat in their golden palaces behind the great wall, and rejoiced that their city was now secure, and that no enemy could ever enter it or overthrow it. But Odin, the father of the gods, as he sat upon his throne was sad in his heart, sad that the gods had got their wall built by a trick, that oaths had been broken, and that a blow had been struck in injustice in Asgard. End of section one.
0: That's the end of the section one. I really enjoy that story quite a bit. It begins to show the wisdom of Odin and how Odin longs to do right by everybody. Within his wisdom. So, tomorrow I'll play the next section. And we'll see what happens from here. It's quite an interesting story. But again, go ahead and post your comments. Post what you guys think about that first question I asked when Ragnarok happened. If you believe it was f- before or hasn't happened yet, or if it was before man even came here, modern man. Um, I'm interested to see what you all think about that. Um, Until next time, though, grab yourself a horn, have some mead, y'all skull, hail the gods, hail each other, and hail this podcast. Talk to y'all later. Hey guys, Joe here from Modern Heathen Man. I wanted to tell you about this great new place that I found. It's a really safe place for heathens of all walks. Um, It's called the International Satra Foundation. They have their own social network platform called the Roots of Yggdrasil. And the International Satra Foundation is an organization that is dedicated to the preservation, growth, and advancement of Germanic paganism. They build networks, share knowledge, and gather in pursuit of common goals. As an organization, I operate at the kindred level and encourage you to explore and ask questions throughout that time frame. Their vision is easy. It's heathens from every walk of life working together for a common goal, the reveal and continued practice of Germanic paganism for everyone worldwide. The things that they're doing are really exciting. They strive to help you understand heathenry better and the different paths of heathenry and Germanic paganism. They educate the public about the faith They gather to share knowledge, build reputable resources for learning, and work towards common goals set by the community itself. They're working on starting a whole school program to make very good educated godi, and working on a program specifically for our warriors. Everyone is free to walk their paths as he or she wills, but I'm telling you, this is the greatest place to go. It's a safe haven for heathens. If you're tired of all that Facebook banter and getting banned and going to Facebook jail all the time, They have their own social media network where you're safe to talk about heathenry all day long with other heathens. They're really specific on who they let in there, and it's only heathens talking with heathens. That's all there is to it. So go ahead and check it out. Their address is asatru.org with the real spelling with the hashtags above the A and the U. So make sure to go ahead and check them out, and uh, hopefully we'll see you join there, the International Asatru Foundation. Thanks, guys. Hey guys, this is Joe at Modern Heathen Man. How are you all today? Hoping you're having a good and uh, great day. Anyway, I wanted to tell you guys about this YouTube channel that I found called Midgard Musings. It's by a man named Jesse and it is incredible. He has new videos uploaded on the channel every Sunday night and he has a live Facebook stream every Sunday at 7pm Central Standard Time. Midgard Musings' goal is to help build heathen communities around the world with educational content and laid-back, fun manner. He values the historical aspect of this path and uses it to help us grow and develop as heathens in modern times. So if you've been a heathen for a while or just brand new to it, definitely check it out. It's something worthwhile. If you'd like to support Midgard Musings by subscribing to youtube.com forward slash Midgard Musings, Following on Facebook and purchasing merchandise from the Teespring and Redbubble stores. Redbubble, say that three times. All of which can be found on the YouTube channel video description. MidGard Musing also offers handmade driftwood rune sets for sale and the purchase of these items helps support the channel. Just to touch base on that a little bit, I actually own one of those rune sets. They are incredibly nice, good feel, wonderful stuff, good power within them. I'm telling you, worthwhile checking out. So please head on over to Midgard Musings, like and subscribe to the channel, and follow on Facebook and on YouTube at facebook.com slash midgardmusings and youtube.com slash midgardmusings. we will find you that Midgard Musings. Thanks, guys, and have a great day.